This week in the Bear Cave, I'm your host, Dennis Zero, and this week we are proudly sponsored by Abode Real Estate, your professional real estate advisors in Colorado Springs and Teller County, the historic Butte Theater in Cripple Creek, Colorado, bringing you the best productions in the United States, Rocky Mountain Vibes, the Pioneer League's professional baseball team in Colorado Springs, and Animus Wellbeing, your nutritional consultants in Woodland Park, Colorado. Well, I hope everybody is having a good week. I don't know about you, but I am over this beautiful green pollen that has been blanketing just about every place you go in Teller County this past week. I guess I can't really be mad because the trees are making babies, but damn, I have some very unhappy sinuses about right now. I guess it kind of goes with the territory, and I suppose the end result is this stunningly beautiful forest that we have. So though I guess a couple of weeks of uncomfort is worth it when you look at the big picture. But uh, in the meantime, I'm just going to keep that nose spray handy and uh, yeah, hope for the best. Anyway, good show lined up for you this week. We have Mark Gregory coming into the Bear Cave Hotline today. Been a while since we've talked to Mark on the show, so it'll be good catching up with him. Now, next week, we will be dark because of the 4th of July holiday week, which, by the way, will be an awesome week to get out and enjoy the mountains or maybe hit a Rocky Mountain Vibes game. For sure, stop by the old-fashioned 4th of July celebration in Woodland Park. That has become a big event with tons of activities going on. There's vendors, food, all kinds of stuff happening at Memorial Park, and it's a great family event. So hopefully we'll see you there. But we'll be back the week of the 11th of July with a big show. And coming on the Bear Cave Hotline that week is our title sponsor from Abode Real Estate, Josh Dorsey. And Tammy Lowe with the Oyate Herbal Health Talk will be in studio that week. So that's going to be another great lineup coming up. The third week of July, we'll be joined by Chris Medina from Funky Little Theater Company and manager of the Butte Theater, Zach Stanio. They will both be in studio, and that promises to be a pretty fun interview. Man, you get three people in the the entertainment business together. It's going to be pretty lively, I would imagine. Then rounding out July is the Mayor's Corner with Woodland Park Mayor Hillary Labar. So we'll be catching up with her and have a chat with her about the latest and greatest things happening in Woodland Park. So that's the lineup for the next few weeks, and uh, we're looking forward to having all those guests in the Bear Cave. Well, like I said before, I hope you're having a great week so far. I mean, last week was filled with all kinds of activities in Teller County and most notably the Pikes Peak International Hill Climb. And it was absolutely perfect weather for the race. If you compare that to the last couple of years, oh man, I got to tell you, it's about time Mother Nature cut us a little bit of slack, I think. But uh, there were a number of records broken and Woodland Park's Cody Vastrels did us proud by winning the open wheel class with a record-breaking time for that class. And he also finished in the top five. So congratulations to him. And uh, I'm sure we'll be talking some more about that with our field producer, Trevor Phipps, during the big news segment. Well, if you've been watching the news lately, you'll know that the Donald is right there in the forefront, as he always is, with these tapes that were released with him talking about the classified documents. And in true Donald fashion, he threw General Miley under the bus because he was the guy that was coming up with these plans to attack Iran. Now, I don't know if that was uh, trying to win the election back or what, whatever the case may be. It's, it's all turned into kind of a, kind of a soap opera. And uh, 
We'll probably be covering some more of that as time goes on and as we get more information. But if you're Vlad the Impaler right now, you probably didn't have a great weekend in Russia after his trained mercenary Muppet Yegevny Prigozhin went rogue and started his march toward the capital of the motherland. Yep, he was heading to Moscow with his henchmen because he was fed up with how Russia was handling the war with Ukraine. But that shifted quickly as the Wagner Group's rebellion kind of petered out in less than 48 hours. And now, good old Yev has bailed to Belarus in a supposed deal which allows him to keep his head, at least for now. Now, Yev, as you recall, he was talking big smack about the Russian campaign, and he's been especially critical of the Russian Minister of Defense, Sergei Soju, I think is his name. So what does Yev do? Well, he decided to announce his so-called March of Justice against the Russian regime, only to stop the march, and Yev hightailed it out of the country, and his own men now have turned against him. And uh, some of the quotes have been really interesting. One person said, quote, That ball waste of space destroyed Wagner PMC with his own hands, end quote. And they are fuming. Now, of course, Vlad the Impaler denounced the mutiny, but oddly, he didn't mention anyone by name, which I find very strange. He didn't name the mutineers and traitors, but now there's this theory, and this theory is that Vlad and Yev conspired to stage a coup attempt in order to test the loyalty of the Russian elites in an attempt to remove either Shoju or uh, some of the other generals in charge, but do it through Prigozhin, so Vlad wouldn't have to do it himself. Well, that's kind of kind of interesting, I guess. But if that was staged, wouldn't that make Vlad look weaker than he already is? I mean, he's already been publicly humiliated. And Yev himself, he's lost his reputation. He used to come off as, uh, if you look at these videos, he comes off as this big guy and demonstrates power. And then what does he do? He just kind of simply retreated. And I'm guessing that probably happened after a nice fat payoff. But in the last couple of days, Yev has really changed his tune about that lame-ass coup attempt that he had because he said it was only a protest and that he wanted to avoid Russian bloodshed and not to overturn power of the country. Yeah, right. Well, I think the bottom line is that Prigozhin stood down and he'll be looking over his shoulder for the rest of his miserable life. He certainly isn't going to be safe in Belarus as Belarus is a hardcore Russian ally. So really what this means to me is that he has taken that top spot on Vlad the Impaler's dance card. It's only a matter of time before he's poisoned or he dives out of a hotel window committing suicide. Yeah, it seems like a common theme, right? And then it's going to be business as usual for Vlad. Maybe. Right now, Russia is a mess, and I would not be surprised if Vlad stepped up the attacks on the Ukraine as kind of a show of strength and that he's firmly in charge. But in the meantime, it looks like the Wagner fighters are going to sign contracts with Russia, and the end of Wagner could be close at hand. At least that's what they're saying. Uh, we'll see what happens. Well, good luck to you there, Yev, because there is no place on this earth that you can go, and there's no place that you can hide. Hey, uh, maybe we can send Cracky Biden to the Ukraine. Yeah, with the big guy's blessings, of course. And uh, he can save Ukraine. Maybe cut a few deals on the side, make a few more millions for the Biden family. Hell, why not? Nobody will say anything about it. And maybe this time he'll actually pay some taxes. But uh, yeah, then again. You know, as if the entire Russian thing wasn't weird enough, here's one that should probably have been news of the weird this week, but it was just too good not to mention. 
So apparently, Senator Mark Wayne Mullen, he's a Republican from Oklahoma, on Monday, he challenged a labor union president to a physical fight in response to some mean tweets. Yeah, nobody can take those mean tweets anymore, can they? The Senator and Teamster General President Sean O'Brien have been feuding since last March. O'Brien referred to Mullen, a business owner, as a greedy CEO during a Senate committee hearing. That's, that's pretty bold. Mullen brought up the exchange during another Senate hearing last Wednesday, prompting O'Brien to respond online where he called the senator, quote, John Wayne, a moron, a clown, and a fraud, end quote. Then he said, what that tough guy act in the Senate hearings? That's what O'Brien wrote in a tweet that uh, mocked Mullen's height. Apparently, Mullen's not uh, a very statuesque man. Then O'Brien ended it, you know where to find me, any place, any time, cowboy. <laughs> So after thinking about it for a couple of days, Mullen suggested that they set a date and location for a mixed martial arts showdown for charity. He further went on to say an attention-seeking union leader boss is trying to be punchy after our Senate hearing. That's what Mullen wrote. Mullen went on to say, quote, okay, I accept your challenge. MMA fight for charity of our choice, September 30th in Tulsa. I'll give you three days to accept, end quote. Now, Brian is known for his punchy image since winning the 2021 election to lead the Teamsters and promised an aggressive organization and contract negotiations. Oh, uh, by the way there, Sean, I'm not sure if you know that Senator Mullen has fought and won three MMA matches before becoming a senator last year. You might want to put a sock in that pie hole before the good senator puts his fist into it instead. <laughs> I mean, what the hell is this country coming to? But uh, you know what? If I were to be a betting man, my money would most likely be on the senator. But uh, hey, maybe Zuckerberg and Musk, they can be on that same card, seeing as how they've been talking smack to each other. And that has gotten the attention of USC President Dana White. So just goes to show that the circus is still alive and well here in the United States. Yeah, oh, brother, what a bunch of nonsense. But uh, anyway, I guess it would be kind of interesting to see a bunch of suits battling it out in the cage. Eh, who knows? Coming up on the next segment, we'll be having a talk with our friend Mark Gregory on the Bear Cave Hotline. We'll be right back. You know, moving can be stressful. I know. I've moved 13 times in 20 years and I've lived in four different states. When it finally came time to move back to Colorado, Woodland Park and Teller County were our target locations. But before I moved back home, I was looking for a real estate broker who understood and had experience with military families and knew the area well. I found Abode Real Estate and Joshua Dorsey. I called Josh right away and it only took 35 days to not only find our forever home, but to close and move into it. Josh understood exactly what we were looking for because he's a common sense person and knows a good deal from a bad one. He'll make every effort to make sure you get the home that you absolutely want and love. As your real estate advisor, Josh will focus on client satisfaction. His business is about service and he's not happy until you're happy. Whether it's finding you a home, finding the best loan, or helping you get the most out of selling your home, Josh is there to guide you. So if you're considering a real estate professional, give Josh a call today at 719-433-4773 or email him at joshua at csabode.com. That's J-O-S-H-U-A at csabode.com. I'm confident that you will be completely satisfied.
Welcome back to the Bear Cave. And my guest this week is someone we haven't talked to in a while. It's Mark Gregory on the Bear Cave Hotline. Mark, how are you? Doing fine, Dennis. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. It's been a while. We've been trying to connect in between doctor's appointments and <laughs> all kinds of stuff. But I know. I know. Tell me. But, uh, yeah, we finally made it happen and you're here. That's all that counts, right? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. You've been kind of a busy guy. And, and uh, well, let me back up a little bit. Mark and I met, I guess, about three years ago now. And uh, I was bumping around up in Victor. And I went into the uh, Victor Lowell Thomas Museum. And that's how you and I met. And we kind of had this common interest in history. And uh, I say I can't go in there all the time because Mark's going to recommend another book. And, of course, I'm going to buy it. <laughs> I'm still trying to catch up on a couple of them. But, uh, you know, we kind of had a common interest because we had, uh, you know, we had interest in the uh, southwest part of the state and Durango and yeah. La Plata County area. And that's uh, we just kind of hit it off. And uh, I, yeah. ca- I call you my history mentor because I've learned so much from you in the past oh, few right. years. And, and Yeah. Just hanging out and talking to you. You know, it's been uh, yeah. it's been really cool. And now, boy, you've taken on a, a whole new venture, right? No. Yes, I have. Yes, I have. And uh, I guess you're the owner of Maudie's Emporium up in Cripple Creek, correct? That's correct, yes. It's uh, the, the art gallery, Maudie's Incredible Emporium up there in Cripple Creek on, uh, on East Bennett Avenue. I took it over as of, well, I've, I've been a member since opening when it opened up in uh, September of 21. And then uh, in this past January, I, uh, I purchased it from the, from the previous owner. My first question is, what were you thinking, man? <laughs> I was asking myself that very thing this morning. Uh, Believe me. Uh, you know, I, I remember walking in the first time and it was a little overwhelming because there's so much cool stuff. And, and uh, of course, you know, my wife, as soon as she walks into and sees something antique, I'm just like, okay, well, just here, yeah. here's the card. Just go for it. But there's so much inventory and it's just a, a variety of different things. And uh, I remember coming up there during the ice festival and that place was packed. I mean, it was just it was. Like elbows to elbows in there. Yes, it was. Why did you decide to purchase it? Well, actually, it was just uh, basically I was, something for me to do. It was something I was interested in, something I liked, I enjoyed doing. And I was uh, with the previous owner was Sue. Sue Stitton was the previous owner. She's the developer. She's the one who got who was it was her brainchild, and she put it all together. And she decided that she just wanted to relax, spend time with her husband, enjoy their property, and, and take it easy. And she approached me with the with the uh, possibility of purchasing it. Talked it over with my wife Lori, and said, "You know what? Let's just try it for a while and keep me out of trouble. <laughs> Give me something to do." <laughs> Well, that's that's an understatement because I've got to imagine that place is just. Uh, I mean, there's always something to do in that place, isn't there? Oh, yes, there is. Yes. Well, it's not only it's art, crafts, and antiques. So yeah, there's there's a lot going on. The antiques now. Uh, Ellen Moore, if you know Ellen, she's involved with uh, the Two Mile High Club, the Heritage Center, right? Uh, the, the Lawman Museum. Yep. She's the one who really manages the antiques. I have the art gallery. Wow. And, uh, yeah, and Lois and Maurice Woods, uh, two very prominent people in town that have been there. They have the general store. Is everybody knows the general store? That is theirs also. Uh, it is their building. So we all work together and try to make it happen. And we're doing right now. I think we're doing a very good job. I think Ellen's all over Cripple Creek. I don't. I don't think she there's. Is. <laughs> I don't think there's too many organizations she's not involved with. Yeah, she's involved with everything. We're very involved. Uh, Maudie's is with the, with the two mile high club and Ellen is part of that. That's the group, that's the group who, uh, who take care of the donkey herd in town. Very important. 
Uh, in fact, right now we are sponsoring a scavenger hunt. And if you're interested in uh, making a $10 donation to take care of the donkeys, you will receive a, uh, a card of the town, a mapped card of the town with a sheet of stickies. And what you do is you go around to the non-gaining businesses. Everybody has a stuffed donkey with a nameplate on it. And it's a name of one of the actual donkeys that are part of the herd. There's about 12 of them. Wow. And you locate these donkeys. They're, they're hidden in plain sight. And you simply locate them, put your sticker on that spot. And then you return the money and then you collect your prize. Yeah, it's a fun thing to do for the family. The children will love it. And it's like it's people involved with the town. No, that's really cool. Because if you're not a yeah. gambler and, uh, you know, you're, right. you're kind of bumping around, you've you've done kind of the tourist things and you got some time to kill. Yeah, yeah. that sounds like a good time. It's just something to do. Like I said, the, the children have a good time doing it. And 100% of the proceeds go to the care of the donkeys. And that's most important. That's that's amazing. But uh, kind of getting back to Marty's again. and uh, Yes. The, the history of all that. Where did the name come from? Um, I, I, you know me. I'm going to ask these geeky questions sure, because that's what sure. I'm really into. Well, Lois and Maurice Woods, again, the, the folks who own the building, Marty McShane has had an emporium up in Denver, and they were close friends. And we are named in honor of her. They were close friends when the Woods were younger, and uh, they were just so close that when they opened up originally the antique gallery, they named it in, in honor of her. Wow. And now it is carried over to the art gallery and antique store. Yeah, there's so much history up in, in Cripple Creek and in Victor, just the uh, entire gold yes. camp. And I think you and I had a little bit of a conversation earlier. And it's like, I want to know about the building, but yeah, how old is that building? Well, it's like every brick building in the business district was built in 1896. After the Great Fire, when the entire town, well the, well, the business district, I should say, burnt down. So it was built in 1896. And we know for a fact that there was a J.S. Neal. He was an assayer. He was on the bottom level, and he opened up Neal's sampling works. Of course, now assayers were very important back in the 1890s with all the prospecting and mining going on. People would bring in their ore samples, and he would, uh, through his sampling, he was able to tell them, how much gold there would be per ton in their mining operation. He was on the bottom floors. It's a three-story building, and uh, the upper floors were controlled by Reed Investment Company, and they leased out office space. So because of the building's location, what is now known as the Pocket Park was the location of the Bank of Cripple Creek. And, of course, we have the Gold Mining Exchange, the Elks Building, down on the corner. So here we are right between the two. So it was a very influential location, a lot of businesses involved in uh, land leasing, mining investments, lawyers, office space for professionals is what it was leased out to. Yeah, because, uh, you know, you always hear about the the party houses and the prostitution, all that kind of stuff. And, and uh, yeah. knowing how big that district was at one point, it only makes sense that there was some kind of a business district there. Absolutely. Yeah. Of course, the the saloons, the gambling halls, the prostitution, they all make the headlines and that's what people want to hear about. But you got to understand that there was big money in Cripple Creek, a lot of investments. They had to have places to work in and out of. And this location was one of those. In fact, the secretary of the Reed Investment Company, Oliver H. Shoup, uh, he was very influential. He was he dealt personally with John D. Rockefeller, Winfield Scott Stratton, all the big miners. And he eventually became governor of Colorado in 1919. Yeah, that's some big names right there with Rockefeller oh, yes, and everything yeah. else. Yes, definitely. Was there a stock exchange back then? Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's the Elks building on the corner. 
The corner of uh, East Bennett Avenue and 4th Street. Yes, of course. And uh, of course, now you got to understand, I mean, this was the 1890s due to the Atlantic cable system. They were actually connected to not only San Francisco, New York, but also London, Paris and and Moscow. Yes. You know me, I go back and I look at all these old pictures and stuff, and it's hard for me to envision in the Gold Camp area up to 65,000 people at one time that were there. It was really like a, a big little city up in the mountains. So it makes sense exactly. that all this exactly. gold that's being extracted has got to go somewhere. So you got the assets yeah. office and lawyers and wow, that's incredible. Yeah. Cripple Creek was a very influential town back in its time. I mean, everybody in America ever had heard and knew of Cripple Creek in the 1890s. It was that important. That's something. I got to imagine you're kind of there opening up in the morning or something, you know, the, you walk around this historical building that's there. You know, I'm always the kind of person that kind of envisions what it would have been like in the day. I mean, does that ever run through your mind? Yes, it does. Yes. And the 1890s, you got to remember that becoming very sophisticated at, at that time with, you know, telephones and, you know, mass communication was beginning. It was in its infancy, but it was being used. And yet we were still tied to the old Wild West theme behind us. And there was right in the middle of all of that. So it was a really strange period. People in this time period, they were just as intelligent as we are today, but they could only work with what they had. Sure. So that's what you got to go with. You know, you could have access to the New York Stock Exchange, but you had to use an outhouse. <laughs> go figure. <laughs> you know? Yeah, there's a, there's a dichotomy for you right there. Yeah. So like, you got all this technology, but hey, I'll be right back. You know, I got to yeah, go out exactly. back. Yeah. yeah, well, that kind of puts it all in perspective, you know, when you, th- when you think about it. But, uh, well, I mean, Cripple Creek is, it looks like there could be another resurgence happening sometime this year with these big casinos opening up. I hope that this new hotel they're building is very successful. I really do. Uh, a lot of people, you know, they're kind of negative feelings towards just because of the size. They are. Uh, how much space it's taking up. But, uh, well, you're always going to have that negative attitude wherever you go. It's yeah. over anything and everything. I myself, and there's, I mean, most people in town, a lot of people in the area really wish them great success to bring a new vitality to the district and uh, hopefully bring other investors in the town into the district to look at this and see the opportunities are available to them. Uh, we really need more family oriented recreation up here. And hopefully this will bring that ideas and those investors up here and get things like that going. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, it took Las Vegas a while to figure it out, but now that is a huge destination for families with, you know, I mean, water parks and all kinds of stuff. Exactly. Yes. You know, this district between Cripple Creek and Victor is perfect location for alpine slides, zip lines, Miniature golf courses, driving ranges, there's it's countless things that you can have up here that we just simply don't have at this time, but we can have in the very near future. Man, I like the way you're thinking, Mark. Uh, wait a minute. Are, you're not on the city council for Victor anymore, though, are you? Well, yes, I am. Yeah, oh, I'm still? still there. This is an election year coming up in November, and uh, I'm pretty sure I'm going to uh, continue if, as long as, you know, they still want me. I, I plan on continuing. Well, you know what? You got a uh, voice on this radio station if you ever want it. That's for sure, because uh, we sure like what you're doing. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. Well, what's your vision for Amadis? I mean, it's kind of a well-established business. And uh, I got to tell people, if you've never been up there, you got to go see the place because you won't be sorry. There's so much to look at. And, you know, like you said, between the artwork, the antiques there, I mean, the one thing that I thought was really stunning 
was those chandeliers that are in there. Oh, yes. And uh, my wife pointed out to me, she goes, look at that. And I, I looked up and was like, you know, I didn't even notice it until now. Those things are amazing. They are. And unfortunately, they're one of the few things in the building that are not for sale. I was they're, just going to ask you that. <laughs> yeah, the, no, no. They are, they are part of the building and they're going to remain part of the building. I bet you've probably had offers on those things, haven't you? Oh, daily. Daily, yes. They're very, uh, very impressive. You know, people walk in and say, oh, I was out on the street and saw your chandeliers and had to come in. I hear that every day. <laughs> so <laughs> They are amazing. And uh, I got to think that you can't put a price on something like that. Yeah, how could you? Uh, yeah, you can't. You just, you just can't price that. Yeah. I got to ask you, do you ever miss giving the tours anymore? Yes, I do. I really do miss doing the tours. I was hoping that I would have the opportunity and the time to continue doing that on the side. And unfortunately, right now, I, I just don't because I, I can't be working 24-7. Yeah. And that's, that's what it would require. And I really do miss doing that. Hopefully, the tours are continuing. We have uh, other people in town. Victor Lowell Thomas Museum is still doing the tours. Yeah. And they just have uh, other people doing them. And I'm sure they're doing a wonderful job. They're doing a great job. And, and I, I would really like to... Uh, Eventually, maybe by next summer, I can relax a little bit and have some time that I can jump in there and, and do more of those. Well, that's a good hope anyway. I have a feeling after this uh, hotel and casino opens up, you're going to be busier than ever. <sighs> yeah, you know, it's, you're absolutely right. Because this is going to bring... Uh, a whole new group of people to town that have never been here before. And, uh, you know, it's going to change the town from being a, a day trip destination to a vacation destination. And so, yeah, things things are going to change. Things will change and, and change is necessity. You know, things will have to change as you progress. This is the way the world is. No, I agree with you. And uh, you're absolutely right. I've heard so many negative things about that. And it's like, look, you know, two years ago, that town almost didn't exist because of the pandemic. That's right. Yeah, it came close. Boy, it was scary. And to be kind of negative about, yeah, we don't want this thing in here or blocks my view kind of thing. Yeah, I get it. I do. But think about what's going to happen to your town. You're going to be vibrant and hopefully alive again, you know, with restaurants and all kinds of stuff. You have to think about not just what do you want, but what do you want for the future? That's a good point. And this is what we're looking at, you know. Everybody says, well, we, we have to think about young people, the children in town. Well, what are you going to leave for those young people and children when they become adults? What are they going to have? What are you going to do to make them stay here and get this town to grow, to progress? Man, I agree with you. Well, Mark, I will always remember you for the, the guy who taught myself and my family had a gold pan. So, okay, great. Sure. I'm glad. Hope it pays off for you. <laughs> yeah, those perishable <laughs> skills. You know, if you don't know how to gold yeah. pan, go see Mark Gregory. He'll, ta- he'll tell you how to go. go. Well, Mark, I got to get up there and see you again one of these fine days. I miss yeah, having our chats. And uh, we got to stop by and say hi and, and really digest that whole place when there isn't. You know, wall-to-wall people. Yes, yes. I'm glad you got this business going because it's so successful and it's such a great place to visit. So if you haven't been in there, yeah. folks, you really got to stop in and, and say hi to the people that are there. And it's uh, it's just a wonderful place to visit. All right, great. Thank you. All right, Mark. Well, I appreciate you coming in. And uh, don't be a stranger. We got to get you in here a little bit more often. Okay. You know, good luck with what's going on in your business. And uh, we'll talk to you again very soon. Sounds great. Thank you. All right, Mark. Have an excellent day. All right. Bye now. That was our friend Mark Gregory calling us from Marty's Emporium up in Cripple Creek. And uh, I got to tell you, I'm not kidding. If you haven't been to that store, do yourself a favor. Go in there and check it out. You won't be sorry. 
When we come back, it's story time with Michelle, followed by the big news with our field producer, Trevor Phipps. So stick around. Are you tired of gambling? Or maybe gambling just isn't your thing? Then you need to come visit the historic Butte Theater, located in the heart of Cripple Creek, Colorado. Enjoy our classic melodramas, Shakespeare of the West, musicals, comedies, and our community's favorite Christmas show. The Butte is fun for the whole family, so get your tickets today at thebuttheater.com and come join in our fun. The Rocky Mountain Vibes are back all summer long. You're not going to want to miss their nightly promos with their Vibe Tribe Tuesdays, $1 hot dogs, winning Wednesdays, $2 tickets sponsored by Kilo X1039. Thank you Thursdays, where free military tickets go out to the military community, sponsored by Veterans United Home Loans Colorado Springs. Firework Fridays are back. Theme Saturdays, different themes every Saturday, and Sky Sox Sundays, Kids Club Day. Plus, post-game base running to all kiddos, part of the Kids Club. You're not going to want to miss the fun over at UC Health Park. back to the bear cave and right now it is story time with michelle on the bear cave hotline hey michelle what's happening today hey aren't we all sucking in the pollen yeah in fact i have a small (laughs) shovel right here that i'm uh, just about ready to get rid of all the stuff on my second nostril Oh my gosh, this is ridiculous. But you know, well, it's springtime. Finally, it's springtime. Yeah, I don't want to jinx it. But uh, hey, I had a couple of interesting things happen today. Okay. Yeah, you know, the, uh, you know, the big uh, advertising contests that come out in the paper every year, right? The best of teller, best of, you know, whatever. Yeah, yeah. Well, our parent company, which is Animus Productions, it's the same production company that produces the Bear Cave and, you know, documentary film, all this other kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. Well, once again, two years in a row, finished number two to a company that does not exist in Woodland Park. (laughs) (laughs) So how does that even happen? Well, I don't know because, uh, you know, we don't really advertise in a lot of fish wraps or anything like that. I wonder if that has something to do with it. So being who I am, I decided to write them an email and just kind of check out the websites and stuff like that. Just cause. And of course, as soon as I got on the website, it was like, yeah, no server. So I, uh-huh. I, yeah, I, I tried from a different side, tried it again. It was like, uh, okay, no website exists. So Courier newspaper, how does that happen when you finish second to a company that doesn't exist? That's a really good question. Yeah. And this is under the talent agency category because uh, the production company also has talent and, you know, they do all kinds of stuff that makeup artists and, you know, just like a normal production company, but they're our, our right. parent company. So I thought that was kind of funny. I thought, wow, two years in a row? 
to a company huh. that doesn't even exist. And in fact, I don't think they've been up here for a couple of years because I got an email back from them that said, we have located to Texas. <laughs> Oh, boy. Oh, somebody's not doing their job. <laughs> yeah, you think? Well, I'm, I mean, you know, it's, it's hard to read fish wraps anymore these days because they're they're not very good at what they do a lot of times. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so we just encourage you to listen to our sarcasm on the bear cave instead. Exactly. Why not? We're more fun anyway. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, we occasionally get it right, too. So, you know, there you go. You know, exactly. We talk to those people one on one. And and let you listen in on the conversation. Go figure. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, we're we're more than just voyeurs and pretty faces up here. So anyway, I thought you'd get a kick out of that one. I just thought it was kind yeah, of funny. That is pretty funny stuff. Yeah. So I guess maybe we uh or have uh, Animus Productions take an ad out. I don't know, maybe once a year or something, just to see if we can get in the good graces of the fish rep. Maybe so. Maybe so. But then again, eh, who cares, right? <laughs> We have our loyal <laughs> listeners every week and that's all that matters. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, speaking of which, uh, wow, you're getting ready to go on another, do we call this a second vacation or just another trip? Oh, no, this is actually a second vacation. Not going to cover that up. <laughs> I'm not going to lie about that. <laughs> well, the first one was a family situation, right. you know, go take care of some family business, things like that. And the back half of that was fun. But this one... Basically, it's going to kind of be the same thing. There's going to be family business on the front end and then fun on the back end. So um, yeah, I'm looking forward to it. I'm going to go somewhere to thaw out completely. Yeah. As long as that fun meter is pegged all the way to the right, we're doing okay. But uh, Oh, heck yeah. Absolutely. Well, the timing's good because we're going to be dark next week anyway. And then uh, you're going to be back just in time for us to uh, start recording again. Hopefully. <laughs> you never know. <laughs> Don't, don't make me go to story time. That's, that's never pretty. My God. Oh, that's what my staff keeps saying too. They're like, you are coming back, right? It's like, oh, geez, we'll see. Uh, all depends who the boss is next week. Exactly. Yeah. Well, ah, stuff happens and life is always in session as they say. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Well, just in case you don't come back, we can have at least one more story time. A good one. Yeah. Takes the heat off my little head. So what we got this week? Well, so we stayed close to home talking about the union wars and things like that. And I thought, you know, I really don't get to florissant it very often. And, and we, well, we talk about it, though, because there's always interesting things going on over there. Yeah. <laughs> Aliens are landing and all kinds of weird stuff. Exactly. But I found a really great story about one of the original settlers out there who just happened to be a woman. All right. Well, let's hear about it. All right. So born in 1833 and raised in the farming country of Massachusetts, Adeline Warfield was 17 years old when the first National Women's Rights Convention was held in nearby Worcester. Did I say that right? Worcester? Uh, Worcester. Sure. Why not? Worcester. <laughs> we'll get hate mail from our folks in Boston, but who cares? Right. Exactly. So the convention speakers told the young women of the nation to be individuals and they should all do what they are capable of. Possibly inspired by this social movement that challenged the view of traditional roles of women, she, uh, Adeline, and her brother and his wife left Massachusetts and traveled westward in the early 1850s, dreaming of a new life in the frontier. So she's she's 17. It's always these young women. I know. 
I mean, good on them. <laughs> yeah, man, it's like that uh, hardcore pioneer stock is coming out west of Colorado. Yeah. So when the American Civil War started in 1861, Adeline was married to a gentleman by the name of Simon Harker, who was her brother's business partner. They had two children, and she was uh, helping to operate at least two trading posts in the Creek Nation of Oklahoma. Unfortunately, the Civil War split the Indian nation apart, and terrible violence ensued between the different tribes. Seeking safety, Adeline and Simon, with their two children, left Indian territory and resettled in the rapidly growing territory of Colorado. So Colorado is not even a state yet. Right. So working alongside her husband, she helped start a new life for her family near the mining settlement of Denver. Rather than engaging in mining, she and Simon established a cattle ranch near the stage road that led to Denver. They sold cattle and produce to the miners and new immigrants. In 1863, Adeline gave birth to her third child. So they're running this business in a territory. It's not even a state. She's got three kids. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Hey, hey, she's probably in her 20s about this time too, right? Exactly. So in the spring of 1864, a historic flash flood ravaged Denver and the area of Adeline's Ranch. Many lives were lost, livestock drowned, and the ranches were devastated. Already suffering from tuberculosis and then exposed to the flood, Simon, her husband, became seriously ill and died weeks later. So Adeline was left alone, a widow with three small children to raise and a destroyed ranch. Oh, mm. man. I know. So when that happened, she was only 31 years old, but was a seasoned pioneer lady when her husband died. She was able to harness and ride horses and manage a cattle ranch. She she decided to stay on her ranch and rebuild. Dang, girl. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, she's not worried about which bathroom to use either. Trust me. Right? <laughs> exactly. So needing some full-time help, she hired a former gold miner named Elliot Hornbeck to work the ranch. In 1866, she married Elliot, and her fourth child was born in 1870. Unfortunately, the marriage didn't last, and he abandoned Adeline and the family a few years later. So now she's single, abandoned with four kids. Yay. <laughs> oh, such a happy story. Right? <laughs> oh, my God. So in 1876, she finally pulled up stakes and she relocated for the last time to the area known as the Florissant Valley. And then at an elevation of 8,500 feet, this alpine valley was ideal for free grazing cattle ranch. With the help of her neighbors and her teenage, now teenage children, she built a two-story log house with five rooms and a parlor that would be the center of her new ranch. Historically, Adeline would be one of the first women to file a homesteading claim in the Florissant Valley and in the state of Colorado. Wow, how about that? Yeah, and you know we're close to home, right? There's Florissant just right down the road. Absolutely. <laughs> so over the next few years, she owned as many as 100 cattle with her own registered cattle brand and employed several ranch hands. As the community also grew, she devoted more of herself to helping the homesteaders of the Florissant Valley. Needing a new school and a teacher, she helped establish the Florissant School Board, hired a new teacher, and built the first school in the area. Yay! Is that the one that still stands? I bet it is. It's gotta be. Yeah. So at age 66, she married again, and the couple stayed on the notable ranch until her death in 1905. Mrs. Hornbeck is buried about four miles from her homestead, and in 1969, her ranch became uh, the National Registered Historic Places and became part of the Florissant Fossil Beds National Monument. And the fossil beds is one of the richest and most diverse fossil deposits in the world. Petrified redwood stumps up to 14 feet wide and thousands of detailed fossils of insects and plants reveal the story of very different prehistoric 
historic Colorado. So here she was on this rich property that she was more concerned about cattle ranching, probably didn't even know anything about the fossils. Oh, I'm sure. I thought you were going to tell me at 66, she had another child. I was like, no. oh, okay, wait a minute. <laughs> You're like, wait, no. Well, that is some <laughs> hardcore pioneer stock going right there. And some right. Really good genes. <laughs> so, but she's married three times. She had four kids. And, you know, most of the time she was running this, this ranch here in Florissant by herself. That's amazing. You know, I remember hearing her name because uh, our friend uh, Tommy Allen from uh, Stories of the Midland, he, he did a story about her a while back. And that's how mm-hmm. I remember the name. And isn't her house still out there or a house is still out there to tour? Yes, it is. So if you're going toward the, the fossil beds from Cripple Creek, it'll be like on the left-hand side. You can't miss it. There's like nothing else around it. There's just the yeah, homestead yeah. house sitting there and you can pull off. They've got a parking lot right there and you can read the interpretive signage. But I never bothered to stop. And I thought, well, you know what? That's really close. That Again, that's in our backyard. And I had no idea that that's how she even ended up here. Yeah, that's an incredible story. But yeah, you know, I have to get back to uh, women of that era mm-hmm. were just tough as nails. Absolutely. And Absolutely. If, if you're a young woman, you lose your husband, you got a couple of kids or three kids, whatever, at the age of 31 and you start over. She started over three times, right? Yeah, exactly. She probably didn't complain about it at all. I mean, obviously, you know, we, we're so soft these days. You know? <laughs> yeah. Well, it was survival mode, you know. She was smart enough to learn the business instead of being the housewife, you know. She, yeah. she dug her heels in and said, okay, I'm going to learn this business. I even see that today where women don't do that. Uh, here's here's a silly example. So my sister-in-law, I love her to death, cannot drive their RV. And it's like, why do you not know how to drive this? <laughs> you should know how to drive it frontwards, backwards, set it up, the whole thing. Yeah. You know, and it's like, no offense. I'm not going to depend on a guy or a man to sit there and do all that. It's I want to learn. That's right. So, because guys are dumb anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you never know what your situation is going to be. So, yeah. you know, always educate yourself and prepare yourself. And these women tended to do that. So kudos to them. Yeah, this is a good lesson because her, her second husband just dumped her, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> and there's no cell phone towers. There's no McDonald's and chicken nuggets to run through. Nope. These days, nope. you got to figure it out. So this is kind of a lesson learned for young people. If you happen to listen to the podcast is like, uh, you know, toughen up a little bit. We're, we're way too soft these days. Oh, I agree. I mean, my kids know how to hunt fish and they know how to process. Hell yeah. Like for real, seriously. Yeah. No joke about it. That's what my expectations were. Well, we still live in kind of a austere environment up here. Obviously we have the modern conveniences and we have, you know, homes and TVs and cell phones and all that kind of stuff too. But every now and then when these big storms hit, that all goes away. So you got to be on your own and use your mountain smarts to get by and survive. No, I agree. Absolutely. Wow. What a great story. It inspires me to go out and look at that house now. I know, me too. I could actually go buy it on my way home today. <laughs> oh, there you go. Wow. Yeah, I think I will, actually. <laughs> Another great story, for sure. Well, thanks. Thanks. Good. Yeah. And speaking of great things, I know we're, uh, man, we are like right, I don't want to say we're in the beginning of summer, but we're kind of in it now. And uh, there's got to be a lot of stuff going on up in uh, Cripple Creek and Victor area about right now, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, the Butte Theater, those guys are crazy. And I mean, they're running three <laughs> shows at a time. And they're killing it. <laughs> they are. I mean, I've heard nothing but good things. And I even talked to one of my staff members. 
I said, well, I saw a picture of them on one of the newspapers. I said, they look young. She goes, oh yeah, they're all like in their 20s. I said, well, that's why they can pull off three different shows at one time. Yeah, man, no way could I do that. <laughs> Interestingly enough, we have uh, Chris Medina and Zach Staniel coming in in about uh, three weeks onto the show. And they're going to talk some more about that. But uh, yeah, I want to hear about all that craziness. But I am yeah. planning to go up and see that show within the next couple of weeks. Well, what show? Yeah. They have three of them going on. So Right. So the girl of the Golden West that runs all the way through August 6th and We Will Rock You, which is a tribute to Queen that runs all the way through the August 12th. And then the Stinky Cheese Man, which is the kids theater, also runs through August 28th. So uh, there's time to see any and all of the shows. So you definitely got to check that out. I think that whole kids theater thing is such a great idea. You know, it gives, oh, yeah. uh, it gives kids up there something to do on weekends, you know, and, and go see a show and, and hang out with the actors and maybe, uh, who knows, maybe there's some future thespians in that bunch. Well, yeah, it gets their faces off of, you know, TV and, and media, all that crap to where they can actually have an interaction and, and live theater. I mean, live theater could go away and that, that would be sad. That would be tragic. Yeah. But other than that, I mean, I know Cripple Creek is known as one of the best places in this whole region to go see fireworks and that's no joke. So we've got a concert coming up on Saturday the 1st, which is going to be down by the District Museum. Uh, Slopeside, I believe is the name of the band. And then on July 4th here in Cripple Creek, we're going to have the American Legion has got all sorts of cool stuff going on. Um, they've got root beer floats. They've got barbecue, brats, hot dogs. Oh um, they've got, there's going to be beer flowing, food, stuff in your face, all sorts of good stuff going on. Live music will be going on. And uh, like I said, that's run by the American Legion. And then about 9.30 is when the fireworks start and they're usually toward the south side of town, kind of where the, the old hooker house is, you know, out by the homestead. It's over in that direction. Oh, now you got my attention. <laughs> right. The shows are phenomenal. And then up here at the Heritage Center, we've got the art show that we interviewed John Zimmer last year. Right. And that's going all the way through July 4th right here at the Heritage Center. So there is so much stuff to do. Yeah. And if you get uh, bored, which I, I don't know how you can, because uh, on the 4th of July, also Woodland Park has got their old fashioned 4th of July celebration going on. Yeah, with they do. all kinds of stuff. And uh, if you don't get enough food, you can always jump in that car, bail out of Woodland Park and head up to Cripple Creek. For sure. Yep. Yep. Symphony Above the Clouds, too. That's always a spectacular event. That's right. That's the day after, right? Yeah. Everybody's getting ramped up and sorry, I'll be in South Carolina. <laughs> You're not sorry. <laughs> I'm not. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll be with you in spirit. How's that? That sounds good. <laughs> All right, Michelle. We'll miss you next week, but uh, again, we are down, so uh, I'm sure you're going to have another excellent story time by the time we get back on the uh, second week of July. Absolutely. We'll do. We'll do. In the meantime, everybody enjoy the 4th of July. Be safe because it can be dangerous. Just pay attention and we'll see you when we all get back. That sounds like a plan to me. All right, Michelle, you have an excellent vacation. Take plenty of pics and uh, we'll look forward to talking to you when you get back. Sounds good. We'll talk to you soon. Okay, Michelle, take care. Bye-bye. Bye. That was my producing partner, Michelle Roselle, calling us from Cripple Creek and up next, it's our Phil producer, Trevor Phipps, with the big news. Hey, Trevor, what's the big news this week? Not really a whole lot going on, but probably the most significant thing that's been put out for the area was um, Machine Gun Bobby, or Robert Geiswing. Oh, yeah. He was charged by the Fed shortly after January 6, 2021, for the attack on the Capitol building, and then he ended up 
turning himself into the Teller County Jail shortly after in 2021, and he's sat in jail since January 21, all the way up until now, and he originally pleaded not guilty to all of his charges, so they were going to take it to trial, and then he had tried to get out, he had tried to get out on bail, and he was denied bail, so eventually he ended up pleading guilty to two charges, so pepper spraying a police officer and entering through a window. And he was actually one of the first people to enter the Capitol building that day. So they dropped some of his charges and he pled guilty to two. So back in March, we had learned that his range would be right around four years. Well, he was officially sentenced last Friday and he got four years in prison plus three years of supervised probation after his sentence. And he has to pay $2,000 in restitution. The video and the pictures don't lie. So I guess that uh, not guilty plea kind of went down the drain real quick. Yeah. He's been in jail for a couple of years now. So I'm over two and a half. I'm guessing they're going to apply that to the four-year sentence, right? Yeah. He gets credit for time served. And then the other part to that that people probably don't realize is that, you know, say if you get a four-year sentence, they usually give you good time. So typically you only serve about 60% on average of your actual jail sentence. Right. So he's already at about two and a half. I would say that he's probably going to be out within the next few months because about two and a half years, you're probably going to reach that 60%. And he's already, I mean, January, this is almost July. So he's already like almost at two and a half. Yeah. And I'm guessing we're not going to see him bumping around town with, uh, you know, his AR on his back. Maybe he'll be carrying a baseball bat or something or a a wiffle ball or I I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I guess if they're felony charges, you can't really prance around with a... (laughs) rifle legally anymore. Nope. He's not going to be pressed around in anything anytime soon. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> well, I mean, some of these guys got some pretty lengthy jails time and, uh, yeah, it just goes to show that, uh, you got to watch out for what the Donald tells you and, and you know, what you believe and what you don't believe. Uh, not surprising, but, uh, oh, well, you know, machine gun Bobby got what he got, I suppose. Yeah, I, I'm actually kind of surprised that he didn't get stuck with the bigger sentence. Well, I mean, you know, we were all kind of watching it on television and watching it unfold. And some people were like, yeah, they're finally taking over. And uh, to me, it was just a bunch of, I don't know. It, it didn't seem very organized to me. It just seemed like a, a mob and chaos and a lot of uh, tears after they got busted. And uh, it is what it is, I guess, right? Yeah, I don't know. I, I kind of have mixed feelings about that. During his court thing, he was kind of making it sound like, oh, poor me. You know, I was a victim of a circumstance. <laughs> like, whatever. You knew what you did. They threw me through that window. Like, don't try to say that it's, you know, and he's trying to pull the whole political card. Yeah. I don't think he has any remorse. You know, he probably still feels that Trump told him to do it. <laughs> well, speaking of which, uh, those uh, tapes have been released on Donald and, you know, he was talking about the Iran attack and the first thing he did was throw General Miley under the bus. I, I heard a little bit of that tape being played this morning. And I'm just like, okay, you people are all nuts. Yeah. Well, then the other thing I wanted to bring up is there was a press release issued yesterday by the Colorado Parks and Wildlife Division. And the headline says, Colorado Parks and Wildlife enforces sober boating and Operation Dry Water this 4th <laughs> of July. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. 
<laughs> I'm not condoning boating while drunk. I'm sure it's very <laughs> dangerous, but it's some of these taglines and they like, they need to hire me as a writer for the state. I, <laughs> I, some of the stuff that they come with and some of these signs that the state control puts up, don't get a DUI, make mom happy. <laughs> it's, just, it's getting kind of cheesy and a little old to be hearing all these craziness coming from the, these government officials who are trying to be clever. They went, uh, hey boss, we got an intern. We got to write a couple of things. Just, uh, yeah, put that guy on it. That's a great idea. <laughs> Well, moving on to something that we care about. Looks like Cody Vashel's had a great weekend last week at the uh, Pikes Peak International Hill Club. Yeah, he had a great run. He took fifth place in the best time overall. He won his division by like 30 seconds or more, his open wheel division. And then probably the biggest accomplishment for him was he broke the open wheel division record, which is set by his father, Clint, in the same car. I forget what year it was, but it was a few years back. So I bet his dad was proud of him as well because Unfortunately, Clint, he did race this year for the first time in the last couple, but we saw him took off, and then on the live broadcast, it just seemed like he disappeared, and we didn't see him. Well, I found out through one of his crew members yesterday that a turbo line broke on his car, so he got to about 11 mile, and he wasn't getting any turbo to his engine, so he just decided to pull over and stop. He was not able to finish, so that's too bad for him, but good news for Cody, so I'm sure that, you know, it's not complete bad news for the Bastilds team, and really, the Basalt's racing team is Cody's team because Clint is with the new team. So all the local boys, they should be thrilled. So I'm just happy that their hard work paid off for them this year. Well, not only their race car, but they're also helping other racers, you know, modify their cars and, and make better runs too. So, uh, yeah, my hat's off to the Vashols team. You guys did us proud and uh, nothing to be ashamed of. You had a great season and uh, we'll be looking forward to Clint coming back on the mountain next year with uh, Dallenbach because Dallenbach, uh, he had some issues with his car as well. So those are two big names that, uh, you yeah, know, didn't have a great season, but I expect that they'll be back next season. All right, Trevor, well, we're going to let you go. Uh, of course, we're going to be dark next week, so we won't see it, but uh, maybe we'll catch you at a game. All right, that sounds good. All right, Trevor, you have a good day, and uh, have a good 4th of July if I don't see you. You too. Okay, Trevor, talk to you soon. All right, see ya. That was our field producer, Trevor Phipps, with the big news. And when we come back, it's the Rocky Mountain Vibes Report, followed by News of the Weird, and find out who gets tossed in the bear pile this week. Don't go away. By making gradual changes in your life, you can achieve your goals. Perhaps it's a change in your diet, losing a few pounds, or reducing stress. You can always improve your health. If you want to explore ideas on how to achieve a more mindful and healthier way of life, then you've come to the right place. Animus Wellbeing in Woodland Park, Colorado offers nutritional consultations. We work with you to design a program that fits your specific needs to help you enjoy a better quality of life. So check us out at animuswellbeing.com. That's A-N-I-M-A-S-W-E-L-L-B-E-I-N-G.com. Or call us at 818-400-1456. Let us help you to achieve a life of optimal well-being. Welcome 
back to the Bear Cave. I'm your host, Dennis Zarrell. And right now, it's time for the Rocky Mountain Vibes Report with Director of Marketing, Kay Goodell, and the Director of Media and Baseball Operations, Tyler Peterson. Hey, gang. Good to have you back in the Bear Cave. Yeah, we're excited to be here. Hey, Dennis. Hey, Tyler. How's things going? Anyway, uh, we're uh, we're in a little bit of a slump, but uh, last week ended okay. It ended on a good note with a big win. Oh, yeah. I mean, we took our first road series of the season in Grand Junction. We ended on a, a 19-8 to 8 victory. I, I think what you're seeing now is sort of what I've talked with you the last couple of weeks. And, you know, I, I hated to sort of be a broken record to say, hey, we got these new, new guys in. Hey, we got these new guys in. But I think now we have sort of the the core of our team with uh, the new additions. Um, I think you're starting to see this team now play at a level which we thought their potential would be. So this first series against the, the Jackalopes was a good series. The offense uh, did very well. Got about 20 more games here in the second half. Eight games out of first, so it's a little bit beyond us, but you win 20 in a row, you win the first half. So they're still going to try to play for a first half championship, of course. But my goals, you know, in the next couple of weeks are try to get a few of these guys who have interest into, into NLB systems and uh, sort of gear up for what could be a, a second-half championship run. Yeah, Trevor and I were talking about that, too, and I think Kay and I were talking about that as well last week. Is like, you just got to keep showing up. You just got to keep playing, keep swinging. You know, that's all you can do, and uh, let the chips fall where they may. Yeah, and I think, you know, for the final 20 games, you're going to see this team certainly play at a level that they didn't show for the first couple of weeks. And again, first couple of weeks, it's hard to gauge exactly how you are, know exactly where the team is at. Now we've been through 28 games. We've gotten a pretty good idea of where the team was at, which is why changes were made. And now I think you'll see um, some more consistent play. And to be honest, in the last 10 days, we're 2-8. and eight. But those 10 games we played were, uh, were a lot better. I mean, there was only one game that there was some, a larger than a three-run deficit. I think overall, we're pleased with how the changes in the team have produced better games. And then sometimes we just get beat, and that's baseball. Yeah, talk about getting beat. Did you see the uh, Rocky score last week they're 25 to 1 loss and the uh the great part of that is is they won the series against the angels <laughs> i know right and the angel i think the angels are sitting at the top of the deck anyway but uh boy that was uh that must have been a real bummer of a game if you went to that one uh, a few of our uh, employees went up for a couple of those games and they they missed that one they saw the rockies victories yeah we got the i got the grand slam victory so. oh, that, that's right you went up there with uh with some people yeah so i know i, I don't stop moving uh we went up there for friday night's game and it was super fun yeah well talk about not stopping moving i saw you guys on the uh i guess it was, you were at a bowling tournament or something like that right and i noticed that spongebob bowling ball that thing was epic yeah so our director of stadium maps jordan is a phenomenal bowler and it was actually his bowling ball um <laughs> that i made him take a picture with but yeah that was super fun too we did really well i did it better than I thought I was going to do because I am not a bowler. So here you are throwing 98 mile an hour fastballs <laughs> and now you're bowling strikes and it's like, what's going on here at the Vibe <laughs> Stadium anyway? I know, we're, we're doing it all. Well, talk about doing it all. This is going to be a, a pretty big week. Tell me about the activities that we're going to see this week. Yeah, so we have the three-gamer right now, and then we go right into the week of 4th of July, which is going to be huge. The 3rd and the 4th, we've got the biggest post-game fireworks shows of the summer, so I'm really, really excited for those, followed by another fireworks show on Friday the 7th, and then July 8th, we're helping kick off rodeo season here in the Springs with a rodeo in the Rockies night at the ballpark. Wow, that sounds exciting. Uh, how about you, Tyler? What are you looking forward to the most? 
coming up in this series? Well, I got to say, you know, we got the little three-game series here against Billings, and then that 4th of July from the 3rd to the 8th, you know, Monday to Saturday, big crowds expected for the entire time, and a nice six-game homestand where you can kind of get in the groove of things. Since June the 12th, it's been six away, three on, three away, three on, three away. Oh, It'll be a man. Game homestand, 4th of July. I mean, that's really sort of the heart of summer in baseball right there. So I'm looking forward to, to seeing the folks out of the, out of the ballpark. Well, it's kind of like we talked about before, too. I, I don't care who you are. You go on road trips that long, it takes it out of you. And uh, yeah, I, I think uh, when they got back for the short homestand before this one, they looked a little tired. I mean, that's a 12, 13-hour bus ride coming down from Idaho, and then you got to get out the next day and just perform. Go play baseball. Oh, I've, I've been on the bus rides. You know, it's not the glamorous part of the baseball life. Uh, <laughs> no. But it's all part of the process, and you got to do them. And we take trips up to Montana. Those are all done now. For the rest of the season, we're either in Colorado or we make a trip to Ogden. So uh, the rest of the season is going to be all within the Southern Division. So a lot of head-to-head games. And that's why, you know, to end the first half, past this billing series, we'll have a chance to, you know, make our own destiny a little bit and, and play teams that are ahead of us. So if we do well, we could get pretty close to uh, higher up the standings, at least to, to finish this first half. I mean, if we go on a big run, Dennis, why not? You know, because the Southern Division is so close. But, Absolutely. You know, we'll just play and see exactly how this new team plays together. And so far, early returns are good. You know, it was kind of that way last year, too. It was, uh, it was kind of a little bit of a slow start. And then uh, coming towards the end of the first half and then into the second half, it was a like an entirely different ball team. Well, yeah, and that, that was a more extreme example of that. Um, so I think the lessons we sort of took away from that are what went into the offseason. And then when you're scouting and you bring guys into spring training, you, you try to see what you have. And sometimes, you know, you get it wrong and you just have to move on. And sometimes there's guys who have performed in the past who don't. And there's sometimes there's guys who surprise you, who maybe you didn't think were going to play a big role. And then they step up and all of a sudden they are playing a big role. So again, that's just, we don't have exactly deep advanced scouting here in the Pioneer League, but we, we try right. to do and, and find the guys who are out there and then do our best to try to help them on to the next level. Absolutely. And uh, I ran across one story because uh, minor league baseball is so interesting. Did you see the article? It came out of Georgia and there were people protesting about the Macon baseball team called the Macon Bacon. So it must have been yeah. a bunch of vegans after that were pissed off <laughs> because of the bacon name. Wow. That's uh, they, they probably like the Portland pickles then because that's, <laughs> that's more of a vegan or the Modesto nuts. I mean, the, there are baseball teams for all sorts of lifestyles. So if they'd like to become a fan of those teams, they may. Well, the first thing I do is I took out a pack of bacon. I fried it up, took a picture and <laughs> sent it directly to Macon. So <laughs> love minor league baseball. Okay. Uh, I know we were talking about the third and fourth of July and then uh, just kind of wrap up what else is happening the rest of July and what the fans can look forward to. Yeah. I mean, July is going to be a pretty fun time. We have a couple Wednesdays in there with those $2 tickets. We have the Thursdays, which of course are our military nights. We have three more of those coming up in July. So those free military tickets and then also Thirsty Thursdays paired with that. So it'll be a fun little Thursday night. There's going to be Christmas in July, later in July, uh, July 22nd. So that one will be really fun. And then of course we do have our Sunday Sky Sox Kids Day. Okay, hang on right there. Christmas in July. What, what's that all about? Yeah, so Christmas in July is going to be probably one of my favorites. We'll have some special appearances for the game. 
game. We'll have some giveaways at the gate. And then everything's just, we're turning the ballpark into a Christmas wonderland. Wow, that sounds good. And I think that's the night after Woodland Park night, which is the 21st of July. Yeah, and yep, we've got Woodland Park night on the 21st. I know that those started going out this week and I'm so excited to get the community up here for it. I am too. You know, I got to tell you, the Thursday night games are kind of special for me because what you've done for the veterans of this community, uh, I can't say enough about it because you know, I talk to guys all the time and it's like uh, they plan around Thursday nights because they can go see a game for free. They get to suck up some suds and you know try to break a world record on a beer snake. <laughs> but, <laughs> but as a veteran myself, I got to say how much I appreciate you and the Vibes organization just taking the time out and honoring the veterans. Yeah, well, no, thank you guys. You guys are the heart of our community here in the Springs and, and we just want to spotlight you guys as much as we can. We appreciate it. Well, gang, if uh, nothing else, uh, I'm going to try to come to at least a couple of games this week and uh, Tyler, break out the rally shirt, buddy. Oh, I, you know what? I'll tell you what. We won this series. If I have to go back to the pink, I will. But, and the other thing too, Dennis, is this is the last time we play the North. Like I said, we're going to have a lot of head to head going on after this series. But from here on out, into the second half, we will play more home games than we will road games. It's going to be, I don't want to say set up for us because you got to go out and got to play the games. There's no games on paper, you know, that you can win. That's for sure. But it should be a fun July and a fun August. We're going to have games jam-packed. There's not going to be a Friday or a Saturday in August without a Rodgers baseball game here at UC Health Park. Man, I can't believe it's almost the end of June already and uh, we're, we're into July, but I, I'm certainly looking forward to uh, the rest of the season and, and those home games, and uh, I look forward to seeing you guys sometime this week. Yeah, we'll look forward to seeing you. Okay, gang, appreciate you coming in as always, and uh, go Vibes. Go Vibes. Okay, talk to you soon. That was the Rocky Mountain Vibes Report with our friends Kay Goodell and Tyler Peterson, but right now it is time for... News of the Weird. Headline this week reads, Thong and Cheek. Thong and Cheek. Hmm. All right. Protesters at a Massachusetts state house bared more than their souls as they demonstrated against climate change on June 15th, according to NBC10 in Boston. Yippee skippy, it's the climate change people, they're back again. Well, shouts began to rain down from the public gallery just after 1 p.m. from members of the Extinction Rebellion, which is an international environmental group. Okay. And that was followed by a warning, we are going to be mooning you. You can look away if you wish. And at that point, they turned their backs on the senators, dropped trowel, revealing pink thongs and bare buttocks emblazoned with the words, stop passing gas. Oh no, it's the gas people again. Well, the protesters continued with chants of, you're a senator, not an ass. Why are you still passing gas? And butts out for climate for about an hour before being arrested and escorted out of the chambers. Yeah, just when you thought Ireland was nuts for wanting to uh, kill 25,000 cows because they produce methane, and then these idiots show up. You know what? I say lock them up and feed them pork and beans three times a day. Yeah, that ought to do it. But you know what they're extinction movement trolls? You just got yourselves an invitation from Dozer to join him and his buddies on the bear pile. And of course, each week we nominate a person, place, and or thing that should be tossed in the bear pile to be eaten by the bears. From last week's nominations, the person, place, and or thing to be tossed on the bear pile to be eaten by the bears is... The American Medical Association. Yep, you guys. 
or dropping the Hippocratic Oath in favor of woke politics and cancel culture. Yeah, no more body mass index because it is racist. (laughs) I think the entire medical world is working for Xi Jinping. First it's COVID, then it's monkeypox, and now it's the body mass index. And uh, yeah, and of course, Dr. Fakey is nowhere to be found. Oh, wait a minute. That's right. He quit. Yeah, he saw this coming. The nominations this week for the honor of diving onto the bear pile are number one, Wagner mercenary group boss Yegevni Prigozhin. Four, tough talk, almost marching to Moscow, only to turn tail and run and generally prove to the world that he's just a big, fat, loudmouth poser. I won't be surprised if Yev looks like a Smurf sometime in the near future, because that's what silver poisoning does. <laughs> number two, Heemster President Sean O'Brien for calling out a U.S. senator in public only to find out that the said senator is about to open a big can of whoop-ass on your pasty little body. Well, what, uh, what, Sean? No fancy comeback? Ring that bell, Tulsa, because we're ready to place our bets. And number three, the Extinction Rebellion for burying your skinny little butts in Senate chambers and still believing that somehow cow farts are going to doom us all. I'm betting the only thing that has become extinct in Boston is your movement. I bet your high school dropout leader, Greta Thunberg, is most upset. You know, maybe she'll jump on that private jet of hers and come bail you out. Yeah, the insane are still trying to take over that asylum. Well, that's it for me this week. And remember, we are going to be dark next week. I'd like to thank our sponsors of Bode Real Estate, the Butte Theater, Rocky Mountain Vibes Baseball, and Animus Wellbeing. I want to thank my guest today, Mark Gregory, for coming on to the Bear Cave Hotline. Always great to talk to him. And from the Rocky Mountain Vibes, Director of Marketing, Kay Goodell, and the Director of Media and Baseball Operations, Tyler Peterson. Thanks to my producing partner, Michelle Roselle, for bringing us story time, and we hope that you have a great vacation. And of course, thanks to our field producer, Trevor Phipps, for coming in with the big news. If you have an event coming up or you want to sponsor the show, you can reach us on our Facebook page, This Week in the Bear Cave, or our Instagram page by the same name. And you can send your hate mail, as always, to thisweekinthebearcave at gmail.com. You can access the show on Spotify, Anchor by Spotify, Podbean, RadioPublic.com, and iHeartRadio. Our celebrity, not-so-celebrity guest next week is going to be Teamster President Sean O'Brien. We are really curious to find out who is going to train him for his fight against Senator Mullen. Hopefully he won't go MIA like his predecessors, but uh, just in case, I wouldn't be wearing that Jimmy Hoffa t-shirt anytime soon. Just saying. (laughs) We are still waiting for anyone, and I mean anyone, from the AMA who can explain to us exactly why the body mass index is racist. Yeah, thought so. Well, until next time, be well and thanks for listening. Sweet dreams, Sam and Max. This Week in the Bear Cave is produced by Animus Productions, all rights reserved in perpetuity. <laughs>